Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jason Reed and Daniel Preciado. NBA free agency has officially begun. It began uh, Friday night at around, I believe it was 7 p.m. Pacific. It might have been a little bit earlier than that. Uh, usually it's July 1st, so I was all thrown off. It was, it was dark outside when it started. I didn't like that. I don't like this time change. Uh, and it did not take the Lakers very long to make some moves, Daniel. The Lakers were uh, one of the most active teams of the first night of free agency, which is a little bit of a welcome sign because last year we had to wait for Kawhi Leonard and we waited a week and then didn't get him <laughs> and then, then had to make the moves. So um, the first move that broke, uh, Wesley Matthews signing a one-year $3.6 million deal. I believe it's the biannual exception is how what they used to sign him. I'm be honest, I'm not super cap savvy. I don't 100% understand that, but it's okay. We still got him. Uh, Wes Matthews, though, Daniel, I love the signing. Uh, I hope you agree with me. Do you love the signing as well? Yeah, I'm actually really happy about it. I think I talked about it on the last podcast that I really like Wes Matthews. I think he's going to kind of fit uh, that KCP mold if they don't re-sign KCP. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I mean, we'll talk about that in, the, in a second, you know, whether or not we think he will. But, uh, yeah, I love the signing, man. I think it's great to get him as cheap as we did because he probably could have gotten a better deal elsewhere if uh, maybe a, a non-contending team wanted to sign him. Yeah, for sure. Um you said KCP. I feel like he fits maybe more Danny Green's role, uh, personally. You know, because they lost Danny Green in the in the Schroeder trade. Um, but you know, just looking at my, uh, I'm here on B-ball index. You know, looking at Pippum because Daniel's. I'm addicted to Pippum because of Daniel. Uh, Wesley Matthews, two point three seven defensive Pippum. Uh, offensive Pippum, he was slightly negative, but as an off-ball shooter with a, as a primary defender, wing defender, uh, great signing. I mean, the way Danny Green played last year, the Lakers might be sacrificing. You know, twenty percent of green's offensive output but they're getting you know around the same if not more than what green was doing defensively last year so i think it's an excellent pickup i think they managed to improve on danny green while trading danny green for someone else so i love that yeah agreed so that was a that was a great way to kickstart free agency and then uh there was kind of a bomb a little bit of a woes bomb even though i think shams might have reported it first uh something I don't think anyone saw coming. Uh, we never talked about it. I never wrote about it. I never saw anyone write about it. Uh, and that was Montrez Harrell signing a two-year mid-level exception deal with the Los Angeles Lakers coming over from the Los Angeles Clippers. Daniel, what was your reaction when you saw that news break? Man, I was really excited. Actually, Montrez Harrell is one of my favorite players in the league. Kind of like players like that uh, who are kind of like, they're just like dogs in the paint. You know what I mean? Like good rebounders. They like to kind of bang bodies down low. Uh, I really like the signing, but it was definitely not an expected one, man, especially to get him on the MLE. I thought it was kind of a foregone conclusion that he was going to get paid by the Clippers, like a really solid amount. I mean, that mid-level exception is still nine-plus million a year. But, man, that that is such a great steal there. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you because, you know, there's like a little bit of a narrative going on. We did just see him get torched by uh, Jokic in the playoffs, but Jokic is this generational, you know, like uh, DeMontis Sabonis level, you know, passer and whatnot, uh, the original, not the one playing in the league right now. Um, so that's a little bit of a misrepresentation. It's like, yeah, you know, you're facing uh, Trevor Bauer, you know, at the plate and he strikes you out. That doesn't mean you're a terrible hitter. I kind of look at it that way. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you see them using him because they are big? And I mean, you know, Dwight Howard did leave. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but they are big. They got JaVel McGee. Maybe they trade him. Who knows? You know, Boogie Cousins is still available. Uh, they have AD who could play the five. Do you see them using Harrell more as a four uh, than a five, or do you see him use him at the five? Like, how exactly do you envision uh, Frank Vogel scheming up Harrell? I think it's going to go kind of matchup based. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, sets where he's on the court with AD mm-hmm. because AD is like the absolute perfect guy to pair uh, Montrezl Harrell with. So I think, man, that that's going to be a lethal duo right there down low. But man, I thing is like yeah he got torched by Jokic in the playoffs I think he's pretty much the definition of like what an average defender in the NBA looks like like I don't think he's I don't think he's a bad defender I don't think he's a good one but in Vogel's defensive schemes man I think he's really gonna excel because if yeah. you can turn Kyle Kuzma from a poor defender into an average defender you could probably turn an average defender into a good defender you know what I mean yeah for sure. And that was part of, you know, because I've seen the narrative has flipped with Clippers Twitter. Uh, 
I always bring up Clipper fans. It's fun to put, you know, poke the bear a little bit, but you know, all season it was who's going to stop Lou Williams and Harold, blah, blah, blah. And now that the Lakers have him, it's like, Oh, you got someone who can't play in the playoffs. You got someone who's terrible defensively. And it's like, yeah, he can play, you know, the five, he's a little bit small for the five, but he can play the five, but the Clippers have no size. You know, they have Zubach, and then they would take Zubach off the floor and put Harrell in. They weren't really putting Harrell with someone his size, you know, even someone bigger, you know, down low very often. Not not at all. You know, Zubach and Harrell didn't play together very much. The Lakers have mm. the luxury of partnering them with that size and utilizing that size. Um, I just think it's fantastic, and I think the things they're going to be able to do, because AD can obviously go out and defend the wing if needed, and you have Harrell around the rim. Um, but then if you need AD near the rim, you know, Harrell's athletic and he's strong. And he can match up against a three or a four. Like it, it, you just get so much flexibility with this. Whereas with someone like Dwight Howard, like yeah, he's a great rim protector, and Javel McGee, great rim protector, but you don't have as much versatility. And now you look at a matchup, you know, the team's going to be different. But like the Rockets last year, imagine if they had Harrell last year against the Rockets playing that small ball five. Like it's just infinitely better. So it's a great signing. Rob Palinka savvy. Uh, Clutch Sports probably had something to do with this, but that's okay. We'll take it. <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah, man. Overall, great, great signing for the Lakers. I'm really, really excited about that. I didn't expect them to do anything of that magnitude, to be honest with you. Yeah, and you know what I'm excited about, just thinking about it, is that Dennis Schroeder, uh, Montrez Harrell, just off the bench, because I'm, I'm sure Harrell will kind of be a, a sixth, seventh man. He'll be in the, the crunch time lineup, but I think he'll come off the bench. I could be wrong, um, but I just imagine Schroeder and Harrell leading that second unit, and it's like. You know, it's like the Lou Williams Harrell second unit that was so successful with the Clippers. But the difference is that Dennis Schroeder can actually play defense, so that helps a lot. So I'm super excited yeah. to see that. Yep. So that was big. Yeah, same here. That was big. Him, Wes Matthews, and Schroeder, uh, just three great signings. Uh, the Lakers did lose some players, though. Uh, we already mentioned Dwight Howard. So this was interesting because it was reported that he signed a one-year deal with the Lakers. Uh, Dwight even tweeted, you know, returning home to the purple and gold. Nothing's better. Um, and then it came out, you know, 15 minutes later, whatever it was that, you know, the tweets got deleted. He wasn't signing with the Lakers and he's signing with the Philadelphia 76ers instead. Uh, I read a report. Uh, I don't remember where it was at. So excuse me for that. I'm sorry, but it was something about a communication error between Dwight Howard's agent and the Lakers front office. Dwight thought he had a done deal. It wasn't really a done deal. It was more just working out the framework. Lakers didn't, you know, they weren't hearing back from the Lakers. So then they signed with the Sixers. I guarantee, you know, I don't have sources or anything, but I guarantee Dwight was kind of maybe like the security blanket for Harrell. And then once the Lakers found out that they were getting Harrell, maybe they ghosted Dwight a little bit, uh, which is just funny to think of. Um, <laughs> it does suck to see him go. Uh, you know, he was a big part. He made the last shot of a title-winning season, you know, drained a three from deep uh, in the finals. Um, you know, I think I think he'll be fine off the bench in Philly. I'm glad he's going to a contender. Um you know, Dwight Howard went from one of the most hated Lakers in recent memory to one of the most, maybe not most beloved, but, you know, Laker fans like him. So, you know, I, I wish him all the best. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, be bitter about it. Yeah, so. absolutely. I think that's kind of what it was, was the contingency plan. Like, if they weren't going to get Montrose Harrell, probably would have went in a different direction with the uh, with the MLE. They decided to just go after Dwight instead or uh, kind of leave Dwight to the 76ers instead. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then Avery Bradley broke this morning. Uh, obviously did not rejoin the Lakers in the bubble. We weren't sure if he was going to re-sign with the Lakers. He was going to opt into his player option. I didn't even know if he was going to play because, you know, he didn't want to go to the bubble because health reasons, you know, things are still going to be going on next season. So I didn't know if he was comfortable. He did sign with the Heat. I believe it was a two- or three-year deal. I have to look that up. Uh, so Lakers lost another person in the backcourt. I mean, again, getting Schroeder kind of makes up for some of it. But, you know, they do have – some holes to fill and we'll talk about that in a little bit but it's looking like if they don't sign anyone else we might see Taylor Horton Tucker get a bigger role Daniel I know you're excited about that yeah yeah I tweeted about that uh last night I believe because the way the roster is kind of constructed they don't really have a lot of wing uh wings just like I mean wing defenders wing offensive players at the same time too uh, a lot of guys that can play the three um it kind of depends on if they keep Kuzma, I think. If if Kuzma sticks around, THT's minutes are probably going to be up to maybe 5-10 a game. Mm -hmm. But if Kuzma's gone, I really, really see THT kind of working into that role as the primary bench three, yeah. um, which will be nice, man. He's a young kid, but he looks so good uh, in the limited time that he got on the floor with the Lakers in the playoffs, too. You know, it didn't really seem like the uh, – 
the whole life, bright lights of the playoffs phased him much, which is very impressive to see because I think the kid's younger than me. Yeah, he's he's pretty young. Um, he is a little short to be a three, but he has a seven foot wingspan, so he'll be just fine as a uh, as a three, like you mentioned. And having oh. you know Kuzma, that's the big question now: is if they're going to make another trade, is it going to be a a Kuzma and Javel McGee package for someone? We don't know. Um, they can afford to trade McGee uh, if they bring in Boogie, or they're rumored to be interested in Marcus Gasol. That would be interesting. Another Gasol in the Lakers, um, mm-hmm. but. If they don't, you know, I've read some things that they're considering using Kuzma as a wing, as like a three and D guy, and I just I shudder no, at it. I, I shudder. Um, but I think Rob Plinka and Frank Vogel are too smart, and maybe they get the most out of Kuzma. I mean, they talked about potentially working out an extension with him, which I know we both shuddered a little bit. Um, look, man, I, I like Kuzma's okay for what he is. He's really overhyped though, and I just hope he doesn't get a big contract. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Yeah, yeah, I. <laughs> agree with you there man i oh man if they if they decide to pay kuzma oh gosh i'm not gonna be thrilled with that man because you already (laughs) know they're gonna value him way too high and give him way too high of a dollar figure yeah for sure um but kcp you know that's the kind of the player we're all waiting on uh he's a free agent he declined his player option apparently he's still available to the los angeles lakers um from the reports i've seen it seems like he will potentially resign i mean the Knicks have been also interested, uh, rumored to be interested. I haven't seen anyone else, you know, the, that kind of that first wave of free agency. I think if KCP was going to get overpaid, he would have got overpaid last night. He would have been in that first wave of signings when teams are, you know, overpaying guys. Um, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he has as many suitors as he thought he might have. Uh, I hope the Lakers can re-sign him. You know, they kind of need that depth in the backcourt. Uh, you were mentioning something about the cap. You know, someone broke it down where they could sign him to a, a certain dollar figure plus a certain number of veteran minimums and have, you know, X amount of room. What was it exactly? Do you remember? Uh, so the Lakers can either sign uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope and four veteran minimum deals, or they can sign five veteran minimum deals and then probably get somebody else okay. uh, in a trade. But that's if KCP were given $12 million. Okay, which, I mean, that even seems like a little bit, too much for KCP. Um, I know shooting's a premium in this league, but his last contract was two years, eighteen million, uh, or sixteen million, excuse me. You know, so eight million to twelve million. That's a pretty significant pay raise. He said he wants a significant pay raise. That's like a fifty percent, you know, uh, pay raise. Um, I'd be fine with a twelve-year deal if it was like a two-year, you know, player option, whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, especially now that it's not looking like Giannis will, you know, opt out of or not sign the max with the Bucks, but. Well, well, the Bucks are kind of fumbling the bag there, Jason. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> Who knows? That's true. I mean, talk about it right now. Uh, they traded for uh, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, which that's just a great name. I love how his first mm-hmm. name is the beginning of his last name. Like, I don't yeah, think it gets talked dope. about enough. Like, if your name was <laughs> Press Preciado, that'd be a great name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Daniel Daniels. Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that sounds like that's like a Chaz Michael Michaels. That's what that reminds Chaz me of. Chaz Michael Michaels. Yeah. <laughs> um, Good reference, sir, Jason. <laughs> so they were apparently doing a sign and trade, and it was supposed to be uh, Ilyasova and some others. I don't remember the, exactly who was. Oh, uh, Dante. We talked about it last episode. Dante DiVincenzo. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they were supposed to go over to the Kings. The Kings were going to trade Bogdanovich in a sign and trade. That fell through. Bogdanovich, you know, did not end up wanting to do it. I guess didn't want to go to the Bucks. Couldn't work out a deal with the Bucks. Now he is a free agent. Um, and you know, I see, I know you like him. I know you're hoping for a Kuzma McGee, uh, kind of sign in trade with him. Do you think that's possible? I definitely do. If the Lakers kind of, you know, prioritize Bogdanovich's skill set over KCP's. And at this point I might say mm-hmm. that that's a smarter idea. Um, KCP is a fine shooter. Sure. But, uh, I mean, bogey's a, a better one. Yeah. And the way the money kind of works, if you're going to do a sign and trade, I think McGee's making about 4.2 million this upcoming yep. season. Mm-hmm. And Kuzo's making somewhere in the two and a half to $3 million range. I believe it's three and a half. It, three and a half. Yeah. A little okay. Bit of a pay so, raise. I mean, you're looking at almost $8 million with those two players. If you were to ship them off to the Kings in a sign and trade for uh, Bogdanovich. You're probably going to have to pay Bogdanovich, maybe 12 to 14 million a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so in all actuality, you know, that's adding $6 million to the cap, which kind of prices you out of KCP. You know, I, I gave you those dollar figures. That's to do with all the, like, the luxury tax implications. 
because they still have to sign veteran minimums to fill out the roster yeah. because you actually get you actually get fined for not having uh, all roster spots filled out. Oh, I did not know that. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's I think they they fine you the value of the veteran minimum contract. Oh, okay. So might as well sign someone. You do not have the rosters filled out. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, Bogey's not a fantastic defensive player. Uh, again, in Vogel's system, you know, if they can make Kuzma an average defender, like you said, I'm sure Bogey would be just fine defensively. Um, yeah, it'd be nice, man. I would like to see that. And then, like you said, you're creating more cap space. Maybe you can get another, you know, lesser contract. Maybe if Boogie Cousins wants a little bit more than the veteran minimum, maybe you sign him to like a 4 to $5 million deal, whatever the case may be, uh, and then fill out the rest of your veteran minimums. You know, you're getting a better shooter. And you're theoretically, you know, if the Kings were to accept, you know, getting more cap space, which if you're the Kings and he's going to leave anyways, um, might as well take whatever you can get. But someone else could also swoop in with a better offer. But it's not like they were getting a fantastic offer. I mean, Don, we both high, we're both high on Dante, but I don't think the consensus around the league on him is super, super high. So it's not like they're getting some remarkable trade packages is. So we'll see, man. Yeah. He'd be a I good mean, fit. the Bucks package was a lot better because, yeah, we both like Dante. People who actually, like, I guess, understand basketball from, like, the analytics perspective, Dante DiVincenzo was literally a top 50 player this past season yeah. just because of his defense. So the Lakers can't necessarily offer that because Kuzman's not even anywhere near that, you know? Ooh. But at the same time, they're losing leverage as days go on, the Kings are. Yeah. So – you know, Kuzma and McGee might get it done. Maybe even toss in a pick or something. Like, it, I really see that deal happening if the Lakers want to go ahead and go after it and kind of just say, you know what, we're going we're gonna to pass on KCP this go-round. Maybe a double sign-in trade, KCP to the Kings, um, bogey to the – that's not going to happen to the Lakers. I saw that. I saw somebody <laughs> oh, really? uh, bring that up. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was actually just reading that on Twitter like maybe 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Um, how about this, Daniel? How about, uh, you know, they said, you know, you said Dante's a, a good player, top 50, you know, in the analytics world because of his defense. Lakers can't match that. They can. What if they trade Alex Caruso? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. No. <laughs> I know. I just, oh, no. I'd rather have Caruso than Bogey, so it's all good. I, I also, just make Jason, mad. as we are recording this podcast, I have breaking some news? breaking news Ooh. that came out 11 minutes ago. Uh, free agent guard Ray John Rondo has reached an agreement with the Atlanta Hawks on a two-year, $15 million deal. Wow. Uh, so that takes care of the next thing we were supposed to talk about. Um, okay. Good for him. He got paid. Um, he obviously didn't want to contend because the, the Hawks are not going to be contending in the next two years. Maybe the they'll Hawks be an eight seed. The Hawks have been better, though, Jason. Like, yeah, they might not make any noise this year but in the next couple of years i really see them getting close to contention well, like no joke while rondo's there but though for two years they're not going to be a legitimate title contender no way no way yeah i mean two years from now they have a lot of cap to work with man uh we'll see maybe i don't know rondo though good for him two years 15 million uh you know again just got to replace you know add people to the backcourt we've already talked about that numerous times uh, I was kind of hoping he would go – this is kind of mean, but I was kind of hoping he would go to the Clippers on, like, a mid-level exception and they would pay him the same amount that we paid uh, Trez because that would have just been hilarious. <laughs> that would have been absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. I'm kind of glad he didn't go to the Clippers, man, because that's one of the Clippers' like primary needs is that's that true. ball handler. That's right. Um, so it kind of weakens them, man. He was one of the best, uh, best like, ball handler, floor general types that was left in the free agent market. Yeah. So actually not getting him – like, who are they going to go after now? Like, they really just don't have anybody that really screams, you know, that kind of veteran point guard presence uh, like Rondo would have, to me at least. Yeah, maybe if they work out a trade for Derrick Rose, but what assets do they had? They already traded uh, Landry Shamet for Luke Kennard, which was an okay trade. I mean, Luke Kennard's a decent shooter, but... Again, I saw so Clipper fans. I didn't, I didn't understand that deal. Yeah. I think Shemette's better than Kennard. And I saw people on Twitter like, and the Clippers got four second round, future second round picks. Like, we fleeced them. It's like, cool, you got four picks in the 50s that'll probably never play in the NBA. Like, come on now. I mean, yeah, there's second round <laughs> picks that make a difference, but it's it's rare. Let's not pretend like those second round picks are, you know what I mean? Like this gold mine that you yeah. just got. Um, 
Yeah, that unless was the Lakers. trade. Yeah, unless you're a team that's shown that you could do it, which the Clippers, to the best of my knowledge, I don't remember them ever really drafting anyone late in the draft and kind of no. developing them. I mean, Shamet they, was a late have... pick, but they didn't develop him. Yeah, they haven't, man. Actually, uh, that's something I'm going to go look up. Yeah, we, that'd be interesting. Um, but I wanted to talk about the Clippers. Also, it would have been interesting to see Rondo and Lou Williams off the bench as the backcourt. Uh, if they would have, you know, both been on the bench, that would have been funny to watch. That defense would have been atrocious. Um, so I wanted to touch on this. You know, obviously the Clippers, they are related to the Lakers. They're the biggest rival, or at least, you know, yeah, they're probably the biggest rival. You know, last year they were the biggest competition, or so we thought, in the Western Conference. Um, it's always fun to beat them or them not even show up to the Western Conference Finals and to kind of tease them a little bit. They're always the little brothers. One thing I didn't understand, and maybe, you know, Daniel, I'll say this. Okay, I'm only going to say it once, so cherish it. You're smarter than me with basketball. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. I didn't really understand this. Maybe you could make sense of it, or maybe you could just tell me that I'm right. Marcus Morris to a four-year, $64 million contract? Um, That seems a little heavy. That seems very heavy. I don't know. If, uh, I don't know. Yeah. When I read that, dude, I was just like, all right. They got pissed that uh, that Montrez Harrell went elsewhere, and they it was kind of like a counter move, but they overpaid Morris in the process. I mean, there's no way that guy's worth sixty million a year, man. He played worse than Montrez Harrell did in the playoffs last season. I mean, he just he looked awful. He looked overmatched uh, in that Nugget series. He was getting cooked too, and he I don't believe he shot the ball very well either. Um, so it's interesting to see that they actually wanted him too. Uh, come through man I I just I don't understand it I don't not not at all yeah so about you know two hours ago I was showering preparing for this podcast you know this is a great visual for the listeners Uh, washing my hair thinking about this because I wanted to talk about this and I was like I'm gonna play devil's advocate because I want to try to explain this it's like okay you got Marcus Morris three and D player Uh, I'm gonna push that to to the side if I was playing devil's advocate one thing you could potentially say maybe is now the Clippers have this contract, a $16 million a year contract, where if Paul George leaves after this season, they could package Morris and whoever else, maybe Patrick Beverly, and, I mean, they don't really have any future assets. Maybe Luke Kennard, who knows? They could use that contract to get up to another star's contract to straight trade for another star. So I was thinking of it that way. I was like, okay, in that way it makes sense. But then I thought about it. Four years, like... What team that is selling a star for assets is going to want to take on three years, $48 million of Marcus Morris? Like if it was a one-year expiring, yes, that makes sense as just a fill-in contract. So if this was a two-year, $32 million deal, I'd be like, okay, I can kind of see it in that regard. But like you're not going to trade three years, $48 million of Marcus Morris. You're just not. Um, I, I don't I don't get it. And maybe it's because they traded, you know, I think they traded a first-round pick for him, so they didn't want that to go to waste. But I'm just thinking about it, and I'm like, okay, four years, $64 million. How much better is Marcus Morris? And I do think he is the better player. How much better is he than Markeith Morris? Is I he was really, just going to bring that up. Is he really that much better? And Markeith is going to get, what, five to seven million, if that, on like a one to two year deal, if that? Um, oh, no. He'll get a veteran minimum, probably. And I'd rather have Markeith Morris on the veteran minimum. I, I, I just don't. If you look at the advanced numbers, you know, he's got a slight advantage defensively, but they're both, you know, in the, in the slight negative. Uh, he is better offensively, um, you know, offensive Pippen. Well, he's, but he's still not great. He's at a zero, a point zero eight where Markeith was in the negative. But Markeith also played, you know, on a terrible team last year and wasn't really utilized. When he came to the Lakers, he was utilized, you know, in a certain way. And he came up big in these playoffs. Um, yeah. And he played better than Marcus did in the playoffs. Maybe Marcus suited up. They're twins. We don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I just... I, I don't understand. If this was the Lakers, I just – if the Lakers would assign Marquis, Marcus Morris to this contract, I'd be like, why not just go get Marquis for $11 million less? I Yeah. I don't get it. And, like, you look at his numbers last year, and it's like – if you look at his averages on paper, it's really misleading because you're like, oh, he scored 16. You know, he was a 16-5 and 2 guy. Um, but then you look at his numbers once you join the Clippers, his three-point percentage went from 44 down to 31. Small sample mm-hmm. size, but he hasn't really been an elite shooter the rest of his career. Um, I think he just benefited from being on a terrible Knicks team where he got a high usage rate and he could you know, do what an NBA player does and make shots. And then he got to the Clippers where he's his third or fourth option. 
as just a catch and shoot guy. And I mean, I'm not going to complain. I think, but I, I just, I don't know. The Clippers, I think they're shooting themselves in the foot, man. I really do. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there, man. It, it's like if that's the help you're paying for to to supplement a roster with Kawhi and Paul George on it, like, I don't know if that's the best use of the money. Like, yeah. you're you're really telling me that you're like. Oh, we're trying to get Kawhi to stay. Uh, we went and signed Mar- Marcus Morris for sixteen million a year. Yeah. Man, I w- that would make me opt out next year if I were Kawhi. <laughs> if that's the help you're getting me, man, I I don't know if I'm interested. Marcus Morris, only one, two, three, four, five. Only six players thus far have gotten paid more than Marcus Morris did uh, thus far. And oh, I'll, yeah. I'll touch on all these because these are all on our outline. But I kind of really want to go on this Marcus Morris. Uh, Gordon Hayward, four-year, $120 million deal. We could touch on that briefly. Uh, Mitch Kupchak, former Lakers GM, uh, now the GM of the Hornets alongside MJ, you know, kind of both calling the shots. What a terrible signing. What a terrible signing. <laughs> I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I He was worth that money when he was coming off his excellent season in Utah. Mm-hmm. But the dude shattered his leg. Like, yeah. the dude, like he, he had one of the most gruesome injuries in NBA history. Yeah, and he hasn't looked the same. He's looked multiple steps slow uh, since his return. He looked a little bit better this past season, but nowhere near a thirty million dollar a year player. And you know what? This kind of reminds me, and even I think even more so, um, it's it's even more of a fireable offense on Cupcheck's part. It reminds me of Luol Deng and Timothy Mozgov. <laughs> you know, he he paid those guys. Uh, what was it? A combined thirty two, thirty six million dollars a year. Something. Yeah, it was bad. Right. Yeah. And, they, I mean, we know how that turned out. I have a feeling this Gordon Hayward deal is going to turn out similarly. I mean, you're overpaying for both Terry Rozier, who we've joked about on this podcast multiple times. <laughs> it looks like they did it again with uh, Gordon Hayward Dude. to an even further extent. $30 million a year is reserved for players that are consensus top 30 players in the league. You know what I mean? It's just I don't understand how you could – wake up, say that you want to pay Gordon Hayward $30 million a year and then allow him to sign on the dotted line. Like, that's insanity to me. I just realized maybe they're trying to, like, recreate that Celtics magic with Hayward and Rozier. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, man. I just thought about Hey, maybe they're, maybe they're upset that, uh, <laughs> that Campbell Walker's on the Celtics now, so they're uh, trying to get oh, him back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, this is just pettiness. Um, I didn't even think of it but that way. Um, I will just to be devil's advocate real quick while we talk about Hayward, I could, I still think it's a terrible deal no matter what. And I would never do this. And you know, Charlotte, you know, but they're a bad team. You know, maybe they just want to sell tickets. What if in the pipeline, they have a Rogier plus whatever for Russell Westbrook, Westbrook trade. And they're trying to do a big three of Hayward Westbrook and LaMelo ball. That would be Probably not work, That'd but be, be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it would be fun. Dude, any team with Russ Russ and LaMelo is going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Um, man, LaMelo Ball is really, really fun. I don't know if you're going to love love him as much as you do Lonzo, but, man, I think LaMelo Ball is going to be an all-star in the NBA, and I don't really think I ever said that about Lonzo Ball. I mean, I, I had good expectations or high expectations for him. But man, that, that Hornets team, if they, if they wouldn't have done this Rozier – and Hayward stuff, and they could have built a team around LaMelo Ball, kind of like the Atlanta Hawks are doing right now with Trey Young. Mm-hmm. It would be, I mean, they could do it. They could do it. I just don't know what Kupchak and Michael Jordan are thinking at this point. I don't know. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, Atlanta. They signed someone we wanted, Danilo Gallinari, to a three-year $61.5 million deal. He's the mm-hmm. third highest paid free agent. Excuse me. Good for him. He said he didn't care about money so much you want to contend um and he took a higher contract than just signing like mle somewhere but it's okay he got paid and like you said the hawks you know could be up there in a few years especially with a veteran like him um above him second highest paid free agent fred van vliet re-signed with the toronto raptors and that's another thing like van vliet four years 85 and then you see hayward get four years 120 like gordon hayward is not a better player than fred van vliet right now like he's just not so and he's four years older. I just I, – I don't get it. Um, I think Van Vliet – do you yeah. think he's overpaid still? I don't know how much I like him. No. Honestly. No, I like Van Vliet a lot, man. I think – I but I will say this. I think he's kind of one of those system-type players 
that he really works well with Nick Nurse and his offensive schemes. Okay. Like, if you were to put Van Vliet on the Lakers, I don't know if he'd be as good. Yeah. You know, he's he's very, like, a niche player. You don't really find guys that are undersized like him. I believe he's, what, 6'2", 6'3"? No idea. I'll look it that up. That are not point guards. You yeah. know, he, six he's one. a very, very undersized two guard. He's 6'1". Yeah. He's 6'1", two guard, dude. <laughs> he's an inch taller than Chris Paul. That's crazy. Like, it's just he's like I said, a niche player. You don't find guys who can't play the point that are six one. Because yeah, he can handle the ball a little bit, but he's there for his shooting. Um, but yeah, I, I know a lot of Laker fans wanted Fred Van Vliet, and I understand why, because you know, he is good on that Raptors team. He's very good. Uh, but I really see him as one of those guys that if any other team were to sign him, um, you know, you kind of take good. away what his niche is because you're not able to supply him with that kind of role, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I got you, for sure. Uh, I want to be on the record. You said six one. He's one inch taller than Chris Paul. Also one inch taller than Jason Reed, who is bona fide six foot. Some of my haters say I'm five foot eleven and three quarters. I'm six foot. I have photo evidence. Um, I'm also six foot, so he's one inch taller than me. <laughs> uh, six foot boys. I'm just going to rattle these off, the players that yeah, got paid yeah. more than Marcus Morris. Um, Jeremy Grant, I know you like. You know He's a solid player. Joe Harris, another solid player. Goran Dragic. Drog- Goran, uh, he was another p- potential MLE guy that we wanted. He got 18 mil. Uh, Davis Bertans, uh, breakout year shooter, he got 80 mil. Um, and then you got Marcus Morris, who's making the same as Davis Bertans. Now, if we scroll down and we look at some of the players that got paid less than Marcus Morris, maybe someone with size, maybe someone by the name of Christian Wood signed a three-year $41 million deal. I think that might have been more money. No, I think 41 was the second figure that was reported. Um, getting paid less than Marcus Morris. And I'm sure you would agree that I, Christian Wood would probably be better for the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah. I, I In fact, I think I wrote an article on Lake Show Life, Jason, that was like one of the players I named that I wanted the Lakers to go after was Christian Wood. And yeah. I put that he would probably get too much money. Um, but actually looking at the contract figure, it, it, they probably could have gotten him. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, either way, though, you know, the Clippers messed up. They could have got him. Um, again, Harrell making twice or not twice, uh, almost half as much as Morris is, um, about $7 million less. Uh, you got, you know, point guard, DJ Augustine, good shooter, three years, 21. He's making, you know, less than half of what Marcus Morris is. Avery Bradley, two years, 11.6 mil. We'd mentioned him already. He's making, you know, a third almost of what Morris is making, um, someone like Chris Dunn, who we talked about, you know, like just being a really, really good defensive player. Uh, maybe that's not exactly what they need, but he's only making five mil. Garrett Temple's a decent wing. He's making five mil. Uh, you know, I just, I, I don't get it. Again, you know, I think this is bad. I think this is good for the Lakers. And now what do the Clippers do now that they need a point guard? I don't know. I really don't care. I just want to rub it in. That bad signing. <laughs> You know, I mentioned Chris Dunn. Uh, I said he signed with the Hawks. Uh, again, I, I said that, you know, we both liked him. We talked about him on a previous podcast episode. You know, we already we touched on Gallinari, um, touched on Rajon Rondo. Uh, you said you think the Hawks could contend in a few years. And now that I saw Chris Dunn also being signed, I understand why you like the moves they are making. Uh, how good do you think they really can be? You know, just it, it's related to the Lakers. You know, Rondo's going there. So we could talk about him a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, the Hawks, I... I have a couple friends that are actually Hawks fans, like from Atlanta that I go to school with. And they're always telling me, you know, oh, yeah, you know, our young core, it's going to develop. It's going to develop. And I remember saying that about the Lakers. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when they had their Ingrams and, and Balls, Hart, Kuzma, like those type of guys, even Julius Randle a couple years before that. I remember when they, they were kind of coming together. Then they started, you know, going into this period where they were signing veterans mm-hmm. and kind of helping them. Um, helping this young core, you know, develop together. Like they have Vince Carter and they have Jeff Teague, guys like that. Mm -hmm. What was the next step that happened with the Lakers? They signed LeBron James. And obviously the Hawks are not signing LeBron James. But I think they're on the verge of getting one big superstar within the next two seasons. And it's going to kind of start that whole period. And they have so many young players. They will not let go of Trey Young. They have John Collins. They got Cam Reddish, Kevin Herter. DeAndre Hunter, they just drafted Onyeka Okongwu, who I love, probably one of my, or if not my favorite uh, 
draft pick from this past season, uh, this past draft, they have a lot of young players to where they can trade these assets and cash them in for big stars. And they already have Clint Capella on the roster. They have they have guys. You know what I mean? They just signed Chris Dunn too. I really see them kind of on that Lakers path. You know, I, I think they're kind of in a similar boat. Okay. Yeah. I mean, even maybe a better comparison. Uh, I don't want to say better. I don't want to like, you know, crap on what you just said, but uh, <laughs> an alternate comparison, let's say uh, all their guys develop as good as we, as good as they think they could. Trey young is hits his ceiling. John Collins hits his ceiling. Uh, some of Cam Reddish and Kevin Herter, you know, they get better, whatever. That's like a golden state warriors vibe almost. You know what I mean? Like, you got the mm-hmm. the point guard who obviously Trey Young has been compared to Steph, um, and then you got the other young assets, and then you have you know a veteran. So like the Andre Iguodala in this situation is someone like Danilo Gallinari. Um, I could definitely see that, and then you know maybe there's a cap spike in four years, and Kevin Durant signs here because he's ring chasing again. Who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, can I like see that for sure. I can see that for sure. Um, so we talked about Rondo, talked about all the other free agents, how bad the Marcus Morris deal was. Gordon Hayward deal, terrible. Detroit, uh, I think they're kind of on the other side of Atlanta. I just wanted to touch on them since it is relevant NBA news. Um, they signed Mason Plumley, Jeremy Grant, who I said we both like, or mostly you. You know, I don't know much. I said his name was Jeremy a few months ago, so <laughs> obviously I can't pretend like I love him. <laughs> Uh, Jaleel Okafor, who I always wanted the Lakers to bring in just as a depth big man. I don't know why. I think it's just because he was always a high pick, so I was like chasing that potential. And Josh Jackson. Oh. So they pay all these guys a lot of money, let Christian Wood walk, trade Luke Kennard uh, for Landry Shamet, which, you know, I actually might like Shamet a little bit more, but so maybe that was a good deal. Um, just I'm just glad the Lakers don't run their organization anymore like the Detroit Pistons run their organization. I just want to say that. Yeah, man. They've been bad for so many years, and they still somehow have not developed any young talent. They don't have any promise. Like, if you look at the four players that we uh, we put down, Plumlee, Grant, Okafor, and Jackson, Mason Plumlee lost the Nuggets a playoff game against the Lakers <laughs> yeah. single-handedly by not playing defense. <laughs> Jeremy Grant's good. I like Jeremy Grant. Jaleel Okafor is a bust. Yeah. Josh Jackson is a convicted uh, criminal. So, you know, that th- if those are your signings, to try to get back into contention, I don't know if they want to be contenders. Josh Jackson's a convicted criminal? Yeah. I'm, like, very confident about that. I hope so, because... Oh, yeah, vandalism case. Yeah, he had a... Vandalism? I thought it was worse than that. Um, Oh, no. Josh Jackson of Phoenix Suns, accused of getting his infant high. Okay. Um, Interesting. For legal purposes, I don't know if he was actually convicted. Uh, we're going to say allegedly. Uh, <laughs> allegedly. So, yeah, man, I don't get it. And then you let someone like Christian Wood walk, like I said, you know, someone who maybe the Clippers should have signed. Oh, well, get over it, Clipper fans. Um, and Blake Griffin. They still have Blake Griffin. Remember him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Blake yeah. Griffin, real quick. That's rough, man. That's rough. He He's a definition of a trap max like we've talked about. Blake Griffin isn't. Absolute trap, Max. And then they just drafted, what's his name? That point guard that, like, is either going to be good or a bust. That's what everyone seems like it's going to be. Who, who did they draft? That French point guard. Um, did they draft Killian Hayes? Yes. Yes, they did. Oh, I like Killian Hayes. From what I've read. Nah, he's not that He's not that volatile pick. That's a good pick. Oh, okay. From what I thought is I thought it was almost like a boomer bust pick. But. Uh, I mean. Whenever you have international players like that, they will say, you know, it's a boomer bust type of thing. That's true. Nah. I like, out of everyone, I like uh, Obi Toppin the most just because he's got the best name. Obi Toppin is a great name. Oh, yeah. His his middle name is Richard. (laughs) We'll (laughs) just stay with Obi Toppin. Um, Speaking of the Pistons real quick, though, uh, just because I want to, like, talk about myself a little bit. You know, I always try to talk about myself whenever I can. Uh, a, A few months ago, I tweeted... Half jokingly, but I saw it as something that I potentially could see happen. But again, half joking, I said uh, Blake Griffin for the number two overall pick and Andrew Wiggins, who says no. And then there was a report before the draft that the Warriors were reportedly looking to trade down in the lottery. So they wanted to trade in the lottery and in return get a veteran rotational player while also potentially getting rid of Andrew Wiggins' contract. Excuse me. 
So when that report came out, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be a genius because they're going to trade down to seven. They're going to flop. They're going to flip uh, Wiggins for Blake. They're going to go down five spots. Uh, and I'm just going to look like a genius because I predicted this four months ago and it didn't happen, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So I was almost a genius for like five minutes. I thought I was going to be a genius. Um, Jay Crowder to the Phoenix Suns. I wanted Jay Crowder on the Lakers or I thought he would be a good fit. I don't want to say I was necessarily wanted him. A uh, good 3 and D player. He played really well for the Miami Heat last year in the NBA playoffs. I think that's a solid signing for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, it does depend which version of Crowder they get because it seems like throughout his career, depending on what team he's on, he's either pretty solid or pretty bad. Like It's weird how volatile his career has been depending on what team he's on. But mm-hmm. I think that's a good signing. You know, that's, you know, makes the Suns even better in the Western Conference. And then I think perhaps the biggest uh, Western Conference contender move outside of what the Lakers have done was Kelly Oubre getting traded to the Golden State Warriors, I believe, uh, for a 2021 uh-huh. first. Was that the only thing in the, pack or in the package or was Wiggins in that? No, Wiggins is still with the Warriors, which I find crazy. Okay, so it's just uh, Oubre. For a 2021 protected first round pick, that's it. How does that work financially? I okay. I don't even know. I don't even know. But I'm I not mean, sure. Maybe it's just a dump. Ubre gives gives them another. I'm not sure, there had to have been more to it. Let me let me see if I can figure this out. They could have been a part of the. I mean, it just it, it just said on the on the ESPN. It was just said Ubre for the pick. I don't know. It gives them another off-ball score. Uh, Wiggins, Ubre, off-ball, Draymond Green. They drafted James Wiseman, uh, second overall pick. Speaking of Wiseman and the Warriors, uh, I wanted to wrap up the podcast with this little bit of uh, kind of like a Western Conference stock watch. Uh, that's what we're you know concerned with with the Lakers being in the Western Conference. Obviously, Golden State Warriors. Daniel, they traded for Kelly Oubre, drafted James Wiseman, but Clay Thompson got hurt, potentially out for the entire season. If not, you know probably out for the entire season. We don't really know yet if he's going to be back for the playoffs. Uh, with the clay injury, but with Ubre and Wiseman, uh, how far up or down is their stock? Obviously, their stock's going to go up because they were a lottery team last year, but how how do you like their chances with clay potentially not playing? I think they're a really solid basketball team, and people might you know hate me for this, but I think Andrew Wiggins, man, he has improved so much. And I used to be you know think, thinking he was a bust. He's just one of those like trap max type of players. But, man, last year he took a huge defensive step forward, and he kind of replaced Klay Thompson as best as he could have, you know, without the shooting. Obviously, there's a very different dynamic there with Wiggins offensively. Um, But, man, I think they can be just as good as they were before they had Kevin Durant, you know, with the Klay, Draymond, and uh, and Curry teams. And, man, so you look at the starting lineup. I'm expecting something to look like, I don't know, what, Wiseman, uh, Draymond Green, with Curry, Wiggins, and Oubre? Yeah. I think that I think that's a team right there, man. That's like a fourth seed in the West. Yeah, so if Clay's there, if he's back for the playoffs, um, do you think that's a team that the Lakers should worry about? Absolutely. I, I genuinely believe that, you know, depending on how they fill out their bench, the Warriors could be better than the Lakers. Okay. Uh, Los Angeles Clippers. Stock up or stock down? I think they're just going down, down, down at this point, man. I don't I don't really see a way for them to pick it up. That Marcus Morris deal was just, oh, man. I can't even express how bad that was. Oh, we spent uh, like 15 years, minutes on it. Mil, man. <laughs> that's, just, that's just crazy to me. That's yeah. just crazy to me. And you're talking about guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard who have opt-outs coming up. Um you know, wouldn't be surprised if one of them exercises that opt-out. And the Clippers just handed over, I don't, dude, a ridiculous Seven? amount of picks over to the Oklahoma City Thunder to bring over Paul George. And it might be, you know, a whole empty trade there. You you get them, sure, but they might lose their, you know, sort of route of, to contention um, without one of those guys. And it could very well happen. Hate to see it. Not really. Um... Yeah, no, not really. <laughs> So this isn't really stock up or stock down because I think it's you know obvious that their stock is up. How could how good can the Phoenix Suns be with Chris Paul plus the other additions they've made? So I'm looking right now actually. You have eight men on the roster or nine guys now. All right, so their starting lineup is kind of shaping out to be something, some combination of Aiton, Jay Crowder, 
Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and some kind of three or four guy. Mikel Bridges. And I don't know who they would play. Maybe Mikel Bridges. Who would it be? Mikel Bridges. Yeah, yeah, that might be, that might be who they're looking at right now. I feel like they need to get stronger though, man. I don't know. I they only have seven million dollars left on the cap right now. They are pretty thin, admittedly. Uh, yeah. So that'll. I, I think that starting lineup. I think the Suns. I think they could be a playoff team just because we've seen how Chris Paul, how his leadership, you know, impacts teams, you know, young guards like Shai Gilgis Alexander. And now we have Devin Booker. I think CP3 is only going to make Devin Booker better. I don't think this is a problem of only one ball. Um, oh, you no. know, Aiton's no going to be one year better. Crowder, I think is a sneaky good signing. I don't there. I don't think them. I don't think them. I don't think they're going to necessarily make a ton of noise, but I think Suns fans will finally taste the playoffs again for the first time in Geez, I don't even. When's the last time the Phoenix Suns made the playoffs, dude? Phoenix Suns. It's been a while. History. Maybe since the Kel or uh, the Nash and Amari Stoudemire days. Has it really been that long? I'm gonna look it up right now. 2009, um, 2010. Yeah, I think that was a Steve Nash. They lost in the Amari conference finals. Yep, to the Lakers. Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah, we won the title that year. Crazy, dang. That's that's sad. I think I think their playoff drought will be over. Um, yeah, they, they look like a seventh or eighth seed to me. And I know the West is tough, but they're still a solid team because the West is really top heavy and everybody's kind of going to compete uh, for those last like three or so spots. I think the Suns could very, very well sneak in there for sure. Um, Brandon Ingram, Brand, why am I saying Brandon Ingram? The New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, there still isn't anything out on Brandon Ingram. Isn't he a restricted free agent this year offseason? Yeah, he's probably going to get max. He's probably going to get the max. I would assume so. So I'll just assume he stays on the Pelicans. Uh, so they got Ingram. They added Steven Adams in a trade from the Oklahoma City Thunder for, you guessed it, a future first-round pick. Um, but they traded Drew Holiday. Now they still have Lonzo, as good as he is, the GOAT, some would say. Uh, Zion, yeah. hopefully for them, a, a full season of Zion. Brandon Ingram, Steven Adams. Uh, do you see them taking that extra step in being a playoff team? I think that they're one of those teams that's kind of in a similar boat to the Phoenix Suns. Okay. Um, they're going to be competing for, you know, the six through eight seed. I think you could toss the Memphis Grizzlies in that conversation also with uh, Morant and Jaron Jackson, mm-hmm. et cetera. But the Pelicans, I mean, you got Adams, you got Zion, you got Brandon Ingram. I think they got pieces. They got young pieces that can kind of work together. But at the same time, I don't know if they're deep enough. I don't know if they have, you know, what it takes to necessarily make noise kind of like the Phoenix Suns. I think the Phoenix Suns at this point in time, probably a better basketball team just because they have Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I mean, Brandon Ingram and Zion are great. I I love those two. And that pairing is great together. I just don't know, man. I I really like the Pelican squad. I just don't know if they are, you know, going to be one of those six through eight seeds. Now I'm just looking at the Western conference before we wrap it up and talk about the Lakers one last time. And it is stacked next year, dude. Like, it is. Yeah. Um, are they doing another play-in for the 8 through 10 seed? I saw that they were considering doing another play-in game or whatever, like how they did with the Grizzlies and the Blazers. Um, you know what? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Either way, like, you look at it. So, I'm looking at the 8 who made the playoffs last year. Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Rockets, Thunder, Jazz, Mavericks, Blazers. Uh, Thunder are going to be out of there. I think that's... A foregone conclusion. I don't feel so with the Rockets. If they trade James Harden and Russell Westbrook, though, which I think they will, they are. But one of them will get traded. So let's just take out the Rockets and the Thunder. So you have two spots potentially. We don't even know. You know, other teams might get out of there, but two spots for a combination of the Grizzlies, the Suns, the Pelicans, the T Wolves are going to be better um, with Carl Anthony Towns back and, and the Andrew Warriors Russell, and the Warriors. The Warriors have locked i mean they're not missing the playoffs there's no way and i mean and you got teams like portland who got better because they added robert covington i think that's a huge get for them uh and they added and his cancer back uh you got it i love like, the mavericks yeah the mavericks luke is gonna get a year better maybe a team like the utah jazz might regress i could see them falling out of the playoffs um mike yeah. conley sucks uh <laughs> so mean but <laughs> I, Mike Con, I used to love Mike Conley, but yeah, he's he's, he's falling old. off. Uh, the Nuggets, um, they lost some pieces, so they they'll probably be a little bit worse, I would assume. Um, lost Jeremy Grant and whatnot. 
The Clippers, yeah, like we mentioned, I feel like the Clippers, you know, I don't like their depth, and they might have a worse record. And you got a lot of these great teams um, in the Western Conference playoff caliber teams, but then you look at the Lakers, man, and I, I just feel like, you know, besides maybe the Warriors and the Clippers, I just feel like they're on an entirely different level, dude. You know, they have AD and LeBron defending champions. They just added the sixth man of the year. They just added Dennis Schroeder. Um, mm-hmm. So with that being said, Daniel, I kind of already gave away my answer. Los Angeles Lakers, stock up or stock down? I think their stock's up, man. I think Way they up. made the picks. I, or I think they made the uh, the deals that they had to to really make their stock go up. And it's really hard for your stock to go up after winning an NBA title. Yeah. But, the, you know, getting Schroeder and getting Montrezl Harrell are huge additions for the Lakers this upcoming season, man. I can't stress that enough. I was very happy with both moves. I thought they were very good players to get considering the roster makeup. And, you know, I I wasn't expecting them to make as much noise as they kind of have. And I don't really think they're done. I think that they have a lot of work Not still to do. I mean, I, I believe they have six or seven roster spots that are unfilled at this time. So there is a lot that needs to happen. But as of right now, man, I think the stock is 110% up. Yeah, I think, um, like you said, there's still more moves to be made. Maybe by the time someone's listening to this, those moves have already been made. Uh, NBA free agency, off, just offseason general moves quickly. Um, but like you said, you know, it's hard to raise your stock when you're defending champion. But I look at it this way. Dennis Schroeder is replacing Rajan Rondo as the bench point guard. Um, that's an improvement. That's a huge improvement. Even if you're saying Schroeder over Bradley, that's still a big improvement. You got Harrell is pretty much replacing like a Markeith Morris. And Markeith could even come back, but kind of like a Markeith Morris, Kyle Kuzma slash Dwight Howard combo role. Kind of creating his own role, but that's still an improvement. That's a big improvement. Then you have Wesley Matthews, uh, which the way Danny Green played last year and the way Wesley Matthews played last year, that at worst is a lateral move uh, for much cheaper. You know, they got some more moves to make, but I think they got better. And I think besides the Warriors, the teams that are direct NBA contenders like the Clippers and like the Nuggets potentially, like I think they got worse. So like I said, the Warriors are getting a lot better. And we have a lot of these teams in the bottom half of the playoffs getting better. But in terms of the top tier teams, I mean, the Bucks got better with Drew Holiday. Sure, I still don't like that trade. Um, who knows? I mean, Philly's gotten better, but th- that's all Eastern Conference, you know. I, I like the Lakers. I think their stock is looking great. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what else they do. Hopefully, I really want to see a Mad Boogie Cousins. That's like next on my list. Um, just because yeah. that Boogie Cousins, LeBron, Anthony Davis trio. I just I just want to see it. I just want to see it in action. Same here. That'd I, be so nice. There's been no chatter about that guy, man. I have a feeling that the Lakers already have that wink-wink with them. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun to watch him next year. Uh, if you enjoy this episode, if you enjoy our podcast, be sure to leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts if you could. Uh, leave us a review. Let us know you know, who you want the Lakers to sign. Or if you have any questions about the offseason, we'll answer them. We answer any questions you put in the reviews. Uh, we thank you for listening. And in the meantime, go Lakers. Yeah. I, I be balling every day.